1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of True Crime and Cocktails, Unsolved Mysteries Edition. I am Lauren Ash, and I could not be more excited that you're here going on this journey with us this evening. A couple of quick things before we dive into the episode. First of all, this was recorded before the podcast had an official title. So if it seems odd that we aren't referring to ourselves as True Crime and Cocktails in the recording... That's the explanation why. The next thing to remember is that my intrepid co host, Christy, often has visuals in each episode. So you can always check out our Instagram page at True Crime and Cocktails, where we post anything visual mentioned in the episodes for you to cross reference. There'll be photos, maps, video clips. It's all going to be there. It's basically your own copy of our case file. You can also view the full unedited Zoom episodes on our website, truecrimeandcocktails.com. We do film at night in our PJs, so just be prepared for that. But enough's enough. I hope you've got your cocktail. I hope you're in comfy clothes. And I hope you're ready to deep dive with us into the Netflix Unsolved Mysteries episode, Mystery on the Rooftop. for joining us how are yous we hope you're well my name is lauren ash and as always i am joined by my co-hostess with the mostest christy oxborough how you doing
0: i'm great i was running behind so i i drank very quickly just to like get (laughs) get to a place where i need to be and then i've got like my cocktail and then a cocktail in the wings so uh i'm currently feeling very great and ready to
1: go. You know? I'm so happy. I don't know if you hear this. Now, for, for all the listeners, I want you to know, I am currently in my house. It's nighttime. We record this at night. It's a slumber party. We're glad you're here. Um, There is a police helicopter <laughs> circling the area. It's, it's Los Angeles. This is quite common. I apologize. But I don't know if you just heard that. There is also this a-hole in my neighborhood who drives his... Fancy car and it's so loud. So anyway, I apologize ahead of time if you hear something weird. That's what's up. What's more important is I'm glad that you're getting warm. You're getting loose. You've got your drink in yeah. you. You're drinking a Pombe You're sticking with your use.
0: Well, well, I I did I did uh, do the Pombe rather quickly. I think the kids <laughs> call it shotgunning, right?
1: Yes. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Is, yep. mm-hmm. The kids. How the old kids. am
0: I? I am elderly. Uh <laughs> but I've got. I decided to slightly switch it up. After that, I've got a little coke with some cherry whiskey just a nice mm. squeeze of lime it's nice and then i have a pombe in the wings free frosty and ready to go for I when that runs is. out yeah
1: and uh for anyone at home wondering about me i am back on my white claws because last week i was drinking the white wine and i got so ripping drunk by the end of it i think i drank like almost like a almost two bottles i think by the end uh, and I was hung over the next day. So I've switched back to the White Claw, which feels a little bit easier to manage. But I've switched to a watermelon. Now, normally I'm, oh. I'm on the Black Cherry, but I've discovered the watermelon and they are delicious. Uh, but what's good news is, is that I got the ice bucket. <laughs> it's nice and full. So we're, we're ready to go. And I want to also make it clear, White Claw, pombe, Coke... Cherry whiskey, everything you've heard does not sponsor this podcast. But if they would like to, we are open to it. Christy will wear a hat with your product yeah. name on it. So spread the word, everybody. Yeah. If there's a major corporation looking for um, a true crime podcast to put, <laughs> their, put their stamp on, we're your girls, you know?
0: I will even find ways to drop it into conversation. <laughs> like, it'll be like, oh, you know, what's... Ref- Ref, more refreshing than justice, Coca Cola. You know, like I'm ready to go.
1: That's grass All grassroots it. viral marketing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. saying like, look, I'm not even posting about it. I'm putting it into my everyday conversation, and that is a gift. Yeah, that yeah. is a gift. And I mean, saying, I'll, I'll tweet about it. I don't have followers. <laughs> I'll tweet about it if I need Listen. to. Absolutely. It doesn't matter who needs followers. They're overrated. I'm kidding. Please follow us because we're very grateful for your love. Gosh, I I was doing my makeup prep, and I was like, I shouldn't drink one already, and I shotgunned one of these, and so I'm feeling a little warm. You know what I mean?
0: We are related.
1: (laughs) We are. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, for those of you visually watching this, uh, you've already noticed, for those who are just listening, since last we saw each other, you've cut your hair. I... Thank you for noticing. Of I course. Did.
0: Um, I just, I I understand that you're supposed to do it like every once in a while for the sake of like the ends and stuff. But sure. I'm sorry to all the hairdressers. This is going to be the worst thing they've ever heard. And this is about murder today. I haven't had a haircut since 2017. Wow. <laughs> As a mother. <laughs> That's my <laughs> what- <laughs> my go-to I always it's always about where the kids need to go in their appointments and I never think about it and so I get my my cut really short and then it grows out and once it's just long enough it's irritating instead of getting it cut off again just a ponytail and then it just goes in a ponytail and this time the ponytail was so long and heavy that I was like I can't stand it so I waited till summer was like over (laughs) and then chopped all my hair off
1: that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'll also add that since we last saw each other, I actually had a haircut uh, and color, but I know that it's oh. not it's not super different, so it's it's okay if nobody knows your hair
0: is darker.
1: It is, and yeah. and um, it is actually about three inches shorter. Believe it or not.
0: Nice Well, to be fair, I only see you from like top of the tits down. Or down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of <laughs> I course. see it from I I see it from like top of the girls up is what I
1: meant. Tip of the head to the top of the yeah. tits. I got gotcha. you. So I uh,
0: I cannot currently see the ends of your hair. Got it. So got that's it. how I'm going to justify that you notice mine, but I
1: didn't notice. Well, yours, yours. is more significant. If I had cut yeah, off as much as fair. you had, you, I'm sure you would have noticed. Um, I mean, to be
0: fair, I always notice that you're radiating. Just oh, you
1: radiate. Right. Just a just a welcoming energy and I love it. Bless you, know? you, bless you. This is why this works. But this is all to say that there was a time when I got tapped uh, to give you a haircut. And <laughs> and I love that I didn't even yeah. have to say anymore. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Uh, it's, so this was, how many years ago was this?
0: I think my second one was like a baby. I think right. that was the trip you came yes. to meet him. So I'm going to say, how old is that kid? Crap. When you have more than one, it's so hard. I'm going to I'm gonna say that was like nine years ago. I think you're right. In like October. Wow. Yeah.
1: So we, I, for the first time in our lifetime, we were spending Halloween together because as you know, we're sisters by choice, cousins by blood. And so I had gone to visit christy in saskatchewan and we decided and this is on theme with this podcast we decided to dress as some of our favorite sleuths daphne and velma from scooby-doo yeah. so i was daphne she was velma we had put together these handmade and what i like about a homemade costume is when it's like you find pieces that look really really close and it's not just like a store-bought thing i love it with you can like create yeah. something very similar and i happen to have this purple dress that was like Really similar, and you managed to find stuff. I think you dyed a skirt, didn't you? Dye something like red or something. Um,
0: I think I did, yeah. Because yeah. we, I, you, I think you found a skirt for me, but it wasn't dark enough.
1: Yes. So then I
0: had to dye it or something like that.
1: But listen, yeah. I will we'll post when this episode drops. Yeah, I said drops. We'll post <laughs> photos of us in these costumes because it's so effing cute. Uh, but the. <laughs> The haircut comes in Because I had found An orange long wig To play Daphne Which was great And it was a little bit longer Than her hair was on the show But it was like Ah it's fine But we found one for you That on the package Looked exactly (laughs) like Velma's cute little short haircut And when we pulled this wig Out of that package It was It was such a disaster. It was so bad. It was so bad. And so, so Christy's like, well, you, we've got to cut it. Will you cut it? And so she she puts it on. And then we're like, where's the hair going to go? We go outside. We, we cut a head hole in a garbage bag that you were wearing, I believe. <laughs> yeah, so the hair well, wouldn't get on you. And we were professionals. Of yeah. Course, <laughs> of course. Of course we were. And of course, as I start to approach. So keep in mind, she's got this wig on top of her own hair. And so as I approached with scissors, I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I'm afraid of cutting your face. I've never cut another human's hair on their head. And I was like, what happens if I accidentally cut the wig hair and her real hair? Like, I would never forgive myself if I gave you some sort of janky haircut. So, of course, we're like, what do we do? Well, the answer is, what did we do?
0: Thankfully, I had children. So we had a soccer ball kicking around. (laughs) No pun intended. Oh, that was nice. And, uh... I held the soccer ball and we put the wig on top of it so, so that you could uh, so you could give it a nice trim. And you know because what? even it, though it was on the ball, I didn't do it. That's I was right. like we, we've already mentally planned you as the haircutter. so no there, was reason. No reason,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. No, there was no reason, yeah, there's just no there' no reason that I <laughs> there was no reason I should do it, but also we just I think you stepped up.
1: I tried and it didn't make sense because you are inherently far more crafty than I am like you're no. better at that stuff than I am and it should have been you but the again I that is one of the hardest times I've laughed in my entire life is is that entire clown turn of us figuring out like oh I'll just give it a cut we'll just put it on your head wait we can't do that oh I know we'll get a fake head i.e. this soccer <laughs> ball yeah yeah
0: well we also have we do have photos of the soccer ball wearing the wig that's right so we're so gonna we put those that. we're yeah, gonna yeah. put
1: those up too because it's i mean again the laugh along with our madness is my point anyway so uh haircuts wig cuts um one cut two cut red cut blue cut oh now cuts now i'm talking about it sounds like i'm talking about murder i was well, trying to
0: that's a fun segue
1: <laughs> i was trying to do something that felt like a like a like a seamless segue and let's just say it it wasn't but good news we are going to talk of course about the Netflix unsolved mystery episode mystery on the rooftop now this of course is about ray rivera Uh, and his very mysterious death. Um, I mean, we've prepped a lot for this, and by we, I mean Christy, because she does all the research (laughs) and I'm the color commentary. Uh, But I'm so excited to delve into this one. I know we've gotten a lot of messages on social media asking specifically about this episode, so we're very excited. Uh, For those of you who haven't seen the episode, here are the basic bullet points, and again, as always, as we go, we'll fill in the blanks about the story. But the basic gist of it is In May 2006, newlywed Ray Rivera mysteriously disappeared. Eight days later, his body was found in an abandoned conference room at the historic Belvedere Hotel in Baltimore. Baltimore police were convinced that it was a suicide, but Ray's family suspected foul play, and they continue to. So, there's there's a lot to unpack here, so I feel like we need to just jump into it right away. Yeah. Yeah. So, you've read a book about this. As always, I, I feel like you, you managed to find and devour books on such a, like, yeah. for people who know, like, we record this once a week. We've been recording this once a week, and you're always, you have three children, you're running a house, and you're still on top of it. It's very impressive.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd say I'm running the house well at this point. <laughs> I, you have to make choices, right? You have to of decide, course. like, I've only got so much time. What am I going to do? Am I going to, you know sweep and mop that floor that's terribly disgusting or am i going to try and solve a murder and i think the answer is pretty
1: clear on Well what, what i like is to that today i got a photo of you from a child's football practice and you would you had your yellow legal pads you were highlighting and i was like she doesn't stop she doesn't yeah. stop
0: yeah well that's that's the thing i mean i do watch occasionally but when you go to these practices multiple times a week they're an hour and a half long long. it's too long and so it's just I don't need to be there but at the same time he's it's his first year in the sport so it's just like I feel like I have to be there because they run off the field and then they sometimes can't do the helmets up and stuff and I just I feel like I can't just leave them there so I stay and my husband and I take turns we go he goes one time I go one time and this time I was like ah but I've got a case (laughs) And so it's like, I can't, I, but I use that excuse on (laughs) Tuesdays,
1: so I'm like, I guess I
0: can't use it again, so I'm like, I'll just take the stuff with me.
1: It's just a practice. Yep. I mean, if it was a game, you'd be paying attention. But a practice, oh, it's absolutely. like you're the oh, and, and it's nice and that, taking
0: photos. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Of course, but
1: it's nice that yeah. you're there. And I know that that he loves it. And, and yeah. again, you're multitasking, which women do very well.
0: Right. I wave at him from the side. He <laughs> waves while he's on the thing. Like we have, we have our moments. I give a thumbs up when I hear them yell his name, and he does something, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in his mind, I'm there. focused so of course I guess I'm nailing this parenting thing
1: (laughs) as far as I'm concerned you are as far as I'm concerned all right so Ray Rivera 32 years old recently married at the time of his death uh he was an aspiring screenwriter he was very passionate about Hollywood he was described as being this kind of like big strapping I think they said he was 6'5 and 260 I mean big dude Uh, But, like, super funny, always very, you know, spreading joy, making people laugh, all of those kinds of things. And, again, the implication that he would commit suicide to the family was just, like, impossible. And as we continue to unpack this, you'll hear more and more about how that doesn't really feel like what was happening. But certainly from where he was in his life at that time his wife talks about how he really wanted to have a a baby about how he really wanted to build their family and that's not usually somebody who is you know struggling with depression or wanting to to take their life Um, I mean again I'm speaking generally but it did feel like it didn't add up that this was a suicide
0: right I mean they it didn't mention it on the show but they had put the house up for sale because they were planning on moving back to California to start a family interesting so they like they like had the plan and they were like here we go let's do this and uh, yeah I mean he was family oriented so he was great friends with his siblings so of course he wanted to have children and I mean he also apparently coached water polo at a naval academy interesting so that's a thing I just yeah I don't know.
1: He was a water polo player at some point as well. I remember them, them mentioning that that he had played that at some point.
0: Yeah, he was yeah. in high school as well as uh, university, and he was supposed to go, I believe, to the Atlanta Olympics. Oh, which you and I were obsessed with. We were because that was that was the uh, gymnast
1: year for us. We got very into male gymnastics that we, year. <laughs> we really,
0: we really <laughs> did. As 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 teenage girls are wont to do.
1: Of course.
0: And he was supposed to go and be on the team, but then apparently he had a bit of a an issue. Him and the coach butted heads and Oh he, interesting. Was, he was thrown off the team. Oh. So apparently he's a bit he had he had some fiery moments. But sure. that was like the most I could find. That was like a anything negative. Like everybody was like he was creative, he was outgoing, he was friendly, he was just Always just like such a happy, great guy. And so it's weird that this kind of seems like it came out of nowhere.
1: Right. Kind right. of thing. Well, it also should be mentioned that he was best friends with this gentleman, Porter Stansbury, which I also read his first name is actually Frank. Did you see that? Uh, when I did a background check, yeah. <laughs> who who am i talking to of course but i love that this guy is so pretentious that he's like i won't go by frank i'll go by porter stansbury um give me a break but this was one of ray's best friends they were best friends i believe since high school correct yes
0: he was also on the water polo team there you go Mm -hmm. so
1: porter was living in baltimore and had this successful business and kind of convinced Ray to move to Baltimore from California with his wife and his wife agreed all right we'll give it 2 years we'll go you can work with this guy Porter for that long and we'll see how it goes um but it's interesting that at the time of his passing and i think that this plays into things at the time of his passing they were planning on moving that is interesting information which again they you're right they didn't say that on the show um and that does kind of add that that that's like a key point here because he went missing um, at a time when he was planning to leave, and also at a time when he wasn't working with him, and it didn't seem like, and maybe you have more insight about this, but the way the episode made it seem, he didn't, he wasn't working with him as closely at this point. Is that correct?
0: Right. Um, well, because he he had gone, Ray had gone to Baltimore just to go work for Stansberry Research, which it wasn't called that at the time; it was like Pirate Investor, I think. Um, and then he went to work for him and then decided he kind of hated it. And in July, the year before he went missing, he quit. Porter stands by, there is no ill will there. He was fine with it, Um, but we we don't trust Porter at all, but we'll get into all of that later. At the time, Ray was working for a company called Oxford Club. He was kind of freelancing for them. They are a subsidiary of a company called Agora. Who has another subsidiary, Stansbury Research? So they're kind of all in the same thing, but he wasn't specifically working with, um, Porter. He had gone to some conference and took video, of some investment thing, and he was in currently in the process of making, editing, and making videos that were going then going to be sent out to, customers and investors who weren't at the conference. And this has to do with this Oxford Club, but. As far as I know, it wasn't really like I don't think they were close as far as like work wise goes. Right. I think they were still relatively close friends, but right. I don't know. I think Porter can suck a dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well listen, and it, it, it was kind of alluded to in the in the episode that uh he had been giving stock tips so tips for stocks that were kind of failing that maybe were going to raise in value and that one of them or a couple of them had not worked out and then his investors were like extremely upset so when ray got there he was kind of doing cleanup a little bit and part of his what he was doing was writing these Because I guess, of course, Ray being an aspiring screenwriter, he was a good writer, and so he was writing these kinds of reports and things to send to the investors, which sounds to me like such a... Speaking as a creative person, that sounds really boring. Yeah, exactly. Like I can't see that being at all kind of fulfilling. And it's interesting to me that then he started kind of doing freelance videography before his obvious unfortunate passing. But it's interesting because... This is someone that he was best friends with for a very, very long time and, you know, was willing to uproot his life to move, you know, across the country, essentially, to work with this person, again, in a position that wasn't exactly what he wanted to do. Um, And, again, I know we're going to get into it as we go, but I do want to say right now that Porter has been fairly uncooperative in terms of the investigation into Ray's death right yeah. he he, lawyered up hours after the body was found which again we'll get into um but also there was a couple details that I picked up on too like it was like when Ray first went missing it was like well Porter was nice enough to offer up a thousand dollar reward for anybody any information leading to his whereabouts and you know what I, I started screaming at the television I was like are you kidding me this guy who owns a financial business and all these subsidiaries mm-hmm. and whatever is oh a thousand dollars don't get me wrong Thousand dollars is a good chunk of money. I'm not sure turning my no- nose up at it, but to to, to to take your turn of phrase, I'll say this: as a friend, I, yeah. if you went yeah. missing, yeah, do you th- the reward a thousand dollars get? Real, I'm sure that that guy was worth a lot more money than I am, and I would be putting up a ton more money than that. Like to me, that was just like I don't know why that stuck out to me so hard, but I was like, that's just abnormal. Like even five thousand would feel like something, but if it were me, I'd be like twenty five thousand, like no questions asked. Like, and that's a huge chunk of money for me. But again, if this person who is this close to me has gone missing, I just don't understand that. And I'll follow that up by saying. That if the, per- the person that was that close to me had gone missing, I certainly would not get a lawyer and then refuse to talk to the police. It feels like obviously this guy has some amount of guilt because it doesn't make sense otherwise.
0: Uh, that makes sense because, again, he was a horrible person. And I can't say was because he's still alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when Ray went missing, Porter apparently was like incredibly nervous, which... I felt was a very interesting way of someone describing him. Like, why would he like to be worried is one thing, but nervous specifically was another Yeah, kind of weird term. I thought to, it just gives a whole other meaning to me. And then, yeah, he was like, here's, I'll put, I'll put up a reward. I'm going to help with the search. I'll do anything I can. And then they're like, oh, they found the body. And it said, as soon as he heard that the body was found, He sent all of his employees home for the day. He got lawyers. He got a private investigator. He said he got the lawyers specifically for the sake of, you know, in case of legal issues. And it's like, like, what kind of legal issues? Like, you guys weren't working together anymore. Why would you look, like, why would you look suspicious? And it's like, well, you look suspicious now. So, and I mean, for good reason. I think he's shady as hell absolutely and so do most of his investors <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, i mean and he was he was charged with fraud oh he was yeah yeah oh. in i think like 2003 or something before ray got there under pri- pirate investor he was found guilty of security fraud um and had to pay 1.5 million in restitution
1: And to this day,
0: he stands by, it was the judge's fault. The judge had it in for me. Like typical dick that has that moment of like, I'm going to blame everybody else for something I've done. But he got caught giving false info that led to nothing. And so, yeah, he got caught and he had to pay for
1: it. I assume he has paid for it, but I don't know how the legal system works. (laughs) so listen you will by the time we're done this podcast and when we'll be done the answer is never but i feel like you're gonna be able to speak about most things in the law uh pretty well (laughs) yeah i don't know i i know that i'm getting hung up on this one thousand dollars but it almost felt to me like he was like i don't want to give you know say i'll give twenty five thousand dollars as a reward because i don't want to look like i'm somebody who's guilty and who's trying to you know what i mean like it just feels like it was overthought because to me it would be an emotional choice. Like, oh, my God, this person that's so close to me is missing. I'll pay anything for information to lead to their, you know, return. Again, $1,000, it just felt like, it just stuck out to me. I was like, that's just a weird amount. And yeah. to know also that, like, he's involved in fraud and being charged with millions of dollars and stuff, clearly this guy has some funds.
0: You yeah. Know? Oh, I also want to point out, I'm yeah. not 100% sure where it is in my notes, but... um months after Ray was found, Porter did buy a one point something million dollar house. Interesting. So he had the
1: funds. He had the cash.
0: I mean, it's there have been a lot of talk online about the company he works for. Ever I mean, they're they're shady as hell. All of them. Not just his company, but like the company who owns them and all of the subsidiary companies. Like, I, I took a little visit to the Better Business Bureau.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. I love wherever uh, this is going.
0: Yeah. So I decided, you know, I need to look into this company. Uh, because on the show, they mention Stansberry Research, that where Ray had been working. And currently, well, when he, left, when he went missing, he wasn't working there anymore. But it is uh, a subsidiary of this company company called agora agora it has an alert on better business bureau because they were like it's they have refund issues they have billing issues they've had over like 300 complaints in the last like couple of years
1: Wow.
0: neither this company nor any of its subsidiaries are accredited which feels like maybe they should be for that yeah, line of work yeah. all of them like i even went through each subsidiary company and All of it is like customers are like, they're unethical. It's a scam. Misleading ads, unauthorized charges is a huge thing. Multiple people were like, I bought this $20 book something about investments they I don't know investments in a book I don't get it yeah, I didn't go that. that far into my research to yeah. be honest I had better things to do of course uh, like other research but that's not the point <laughs> so people are like like multiple were like I bought this $20 book a month later I was charged 150 and one oh. person was like I bought a $20 book a year later they charged me $200 one person's like it's low quality research which isn't I can't stand it, and you know that <laughs> i know absolutely Um, right uh misleading information uh i signed up for a 30-day free trial the next day they charged me 500 dollars. so it's like and it seems like they are they're like as soon as they get that like account they will instantly charge it and then they're they like really drag it out to be able to actually give you your money back because they're just it it feels like scam artists yeah like the whole thing like totally does there are people online who think that this is somehow involved with like money laundering or something i don't have a definitive answer on that because i i'm too scared to go to the dark web and i don't know how to get there i don't want you going i don't want that paper trail it's for the best i you'd be looking up my murder because i would not
1: last like Oh God, I wouldn't know. I don't want you the, being embroiled in anything like that. The idea terrifies me. Well, I mean,
0: I, I got nervous. I emailed a company in Baltimore to get an answer to a question I had about the case. And they told, they actually responded really quickly and I was really happy about it. They think that I'm in Baltimore and interested in their services. And <laughs> I feel awful. I was literally like, I just have a quick question. And they were like, Okay, and then they were, like, trying to upsell me, and I was like, oh, no, (laughs) I'm not a customer, just a sleuth,
1: you know? (laughs) Just an (laughs) at-home detective. I love all of this. Well, listen, I feel like it's important for us to talk about this timeline a little bit because, again, it does feed into what this relationship was with Porter and kind of some of the question marks. So yeah. for clarification, on May 16th, his wife, Allison... Well, let's step back a, a second, actually, before that, because it was two days before that the alarm at, their, at Allison and Ray's house went off. And yeah. she talks in the episode about how he had, like, a baseball bat, and she's like, the fear in his eyes was terrifying. And she was like, it was so bizarre because he was such a tough guy. Like, nothing scared him. And, and in this moment when this alarm was going off... She just said he was, like, full of terror. And then the next night it went off again. This was the night before she went away. And then they did find evidence that someone was trying to break into the house. They did find right. some, someone had been tampering with the window. And what I love is that then she was like, well, bye. <laughs> Still going to go on this business trip. I mean, if it were me, I might be like, I don't know. Like, this feels a little unsettling. Should I go? Mm-mm. But the, the details... That are important to note are, so May 16th, which was the day after the tampering was found, she, the wife, leaves for a business trip. And one of her colleagues, a woman named Claudia, is staying at their house. Now, again, I want to go on record as saying, no, no, I, 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 (laughs) maybe it's me. And I know we're going to get a lot of letters.
0: We're going to get a lot of letters.
1: But I'm like, I don't know that I would be comfortable having a colleague stay in my house without me there with my husband i i a female colleague especially No, nope. it just feels weird if it was like a family member or a close friend that's one thing but i don't know anyway because of course this claudia character ends up being the last person known to see ray alive and yeah what she has described is that 5 30 on may 16th which was the day allison left the wife I don't know why I keep saying the wife. I just want people to remember <laughs> that's who they, that's what this name is. Um, at five thirty, Ray got a call. Apparently, he went, "Oh shit!" and raced out of the house. And she, I guess, con- Allison was trying to get a hold of him. Couldn't get a hold of him. Talked to Claudia, and Claudia relayed that this is what had happened. The next day, Allison filed a missing person report. Uh, five days after that. They found the car. Allison and her parents found the car in a random lot. And it, it seems odd that even though there had been a police report filed, it was the family that found the car, not the police. And then on May 24th, two days after that, three of Ray's co-workers went onto the top of a parking garage and found the a hole in the lower roof. as That's a part of the Baltimore uh, Belvedere Hotel. The police were called. And his body was found seemingly having fallen through the roof into this unused yeah. conference room, which there's yeah. so many details about that we need to get into, obviously. Yeah. But the place where I want to start is this Claudia character. <laughs> because I, I'm just I like,
0: love that's where you want. Yeah,
1: I know. And I know that it's I don't know why I'm the one that's like, why are we believing this person? But I'm like, how close was your relationship to her? And isn't it convenient that we're just trusting that she's the the one who is you know giving this information correctly I mean again I probably I guess that's probably a complete red herring that I should not be getting hung up on but it just is so interesting to me that it was somebody who was so superfluous to their family who was the last person to see him alive and I guess we're just trusting that what she's saying is true
0: look I told you earlier be suspicious (laughs) Of everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you. I because feel seen.
0: In my multiple weeks of sleuthing, thank you. Um, I've learned you have to look at everybody because you don't know. And that's a huge, huge thing to me is the fact that she's the last person who saw him. I'm also going to point out. So this book that I read, this will relate to Claudia. Yeah. So I read this book. I don't know if I should say the title I'm not I mean if this woman will pay me I'll wear a hat but like
1: (laughs) she's gonna have to pony up the big bucks
0: well but the thing is I mean bless her heart okay so it's it's a it's called an unexplained death and it's by this woman Makita Brotman okay so she the Belvedere Hotel had been turned into condos by this point by the time that Ray uh, was in the city and she lived in one of the condos. She had found out she w- she was walking her dog, she found she saw a missing poster for Ray. She was taken by how striking he was. That is something I'd like to talk about as well is her book is like the whole point of her book was like it mostly focused on Ray but then also talked about all the other deaths that have happened at the Belvedere because oh. apparently from my research hotel deaths are huge like apparently like a ton of people are like i want to die gonna go to a hotel and it's just wow yeah insane (laughs) and so it's about different deaths from like i'm like the last like hundred and some years whatever i tried to like skip over those other ones because i really i just want to focus on the ray stuff right uh and she also wanted to focus on ray because she just anytime she mentioned him was like he was just so handsome and what an attractive man and okay yes but at the same time oh Makita get thirsty you know like she,
1: <laughs> she yeah.
0: just like you can mention it a few times sure that's sure. fine every time his, he's brought up she's like ah oh, so hot and it's like she has only ever seen photos like she's never seen him in person but I just but again I mean I feel the same way about Keanu Reeves and I've never seen him in person <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess so, you just debunked yourself there. Yeah,
0: I guess so. It's just it just it just felt like the wrong time. Sure, and mention that he's attractive. Sure, it's obvious to anybody who has eyes. It just feel like the amount of times she brought right. it up was,
1: was it was unsettling. Right, salacious. Sure. Right. right.
0: Yeah. Uh So the reason I was hesitant to bring her up, she gets a couple of things wrong in the book. Right. Like she says that he left the house at four p.m. And it's like, well, the police report says more like 5.30-ish, so... Right. No. And, like, she had contact with Allison, the wife. Like, they spoke. They actually met in person uh, because Allison was too scared to communicate via email or over the phone because she doesn't trust anything. Because, of course, I'm sure this has done something to her trust of anything in the world. Sure. I mean, some of the things that this woman has said in the book... I have found another source that backs it up. So most of it seems legit. She says that Claudia said that Ray left after four, which we know it's more closer to like 5.30, yeah. says, oh shit, which I loved, uh, just because the show refused to say shit. Do they not swear on the show? Probably not. Yes, nah, either way. He runs out the back door as if he's late for something. Then he comes back a couple of minutes later and then leaves again. Oh. So I find it interesting that Claudia is saying he came back. And my question is, did she see him? Or did she just hear the door open and then the door closed again? And she was just like, oh, it's Ray. Oh, and there he goes again. Did she actually see him? Or was somebody else in the house is my question. question. So there is that. I also like that I have her Claudia in my notes as... House guest with like quotations around it because I don't I don't like how it smells you know I, just, I don't just, either it's just it's also it's just so weird to me like was she in town on business was she in town just to like get away from it all what like why was she there and why was she staying there when Allison, Allison. wasn't there you'd think even Claudia wouldn't be comfortable with that
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't like, be comfortable. Like I'm I, just gonna stay in this house alone with your husband while you're away. It's just, uh, uh,
0: it's yeah, weird. It's weird. Yeah. And they, uh, Claudia also says that the uh, house alarm went off at 3 a.m. the night she was staying there. That when Ray was missing. Interesting. My question now is, well, it, she's not gonna probably have the alarm code, right? Ray's not there. I get it. So. Did she call Allison in the middle of the night? Because Allison didn't say she's, she said she called her at 5 a.m. to be like, Ray's still not home. But she didn't say she called me at 3 a.m. to get the code because the alarm went off. How does that, I assume the company calls
1: the house wherever the alarm is going off. You can have a series of numbers that they'll call in, in like a certain order. But I'm wondering if they did give Claudia the code. And it's possible. And then, but then that opens us up to a whole other layer of questions, which is like, did you really trust that
0: person? What's the point of giving, of having the code at all? If you're just going to give it out willy nilly. Willy nilly. Exactly.
1: But that's interesting that three nights in a row, it seems that they had problems with the alarm. And it's also interesting to me that he went missing the night his wife was away. Like, it yeah. almost feels like it's like, were they, was there somebody threatening his family? Was there somebody, you know, was he trying to deal with this so that Allison didn't get hurt? Was he trying to get ahead of it? I don't know. But it is important to note that he was found in this kind of a you know unused conference room at this hotel and there was a hole in the the roof in the ceiling that again was found by three of his coworkers which we want to oh. remind you we don't trust porter and those coworkers why would we but the way that the hole is described the 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 detective that they interviewed on the episode was saying that it was like a very it would have been very tight that it was like You know, a very tightly, you know, for a body to go through there, it would have been very tight. Also, Ray's flip-flops, cell phone, and glasses were found around the hole. The glasses and the cell phone, not smashed. So let's keep in mind here, if he had fallen from some great height, pushed, jumped, whatever, and he had those things on his person, they would have been cracked. It just seems wildly implausible that they would be completely intact. Right? 100%. 100%. and the 100%. And the police officer even said, the detective even said, he felt like it looked staged. That it looked like someone had placed these flip-flops, the phone, and the glasses around this hole. Um, and then, of course, I don't know if you have any other insights about, about the, the that part of the crime scene before we get to the body, which I know you've done a lot of research on, and I apologize um, well... that you've had to read things <laughs> you can't unsee.
0: Yeah, I'm actually, I don't think I'm ready to talk about the body yet. <laughs> No, 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 it's fine. Well, I'm going to say this. Back to that book about the body. Um, So this woman, Makita, bless her heart for like essentially at this point being a nosy neighbor. Like she sees cops. She sees something going on. She has no idea what it is. Right. She said she sees the police because from her window she can look down and see that lower roof and see everything that's going on. So she said she sees the cops, they show up, they have to use a ladder to get onto that roof to get the flip-flops. They don't like bag them or like pick them up nicely and anything like that. She said they grabbed them and just one guy got them and just tossed them down to the guy who's on the lower level. And they were just like, eh, whatever. She says she didn't see them take any sort of like photos, which makes sense because every photo I've ever seen of that hole is all from news cameras. Interesting. So I've never seen like a police... I mean, I looked through the police report. <laughs> but of I... Of n- course you did. Obviously, I didn't get any... There were no photos with it. Right. But she's saying she didn't see them take any. Also, they when, they, when the police left, here comes nosy neighbor, and I kind of love her for it. She decides, I'm going to go check out what's going on. So she goes down to the room where he was found. There's no police tape. The door is propped open. And she's thinking probably because the smell was horrific because he'd he been in there for eight days. So right. I can't imagine. Um, So she goes to this room. She says there's no chalk line outline for the body. She said the hole looked bigger from the inside looking out and that rafters and beams had fallen in. Half of the ceiling had collapsed. Like it was just this like intense scene she's also claimed like i mean she did claim that the uh police didn't bring in a medical examiner but according to the police report they did interesting they said that the medical examiner at least like saw the position of the body saw how the body had landed so immediately the cops are like meh he jumped let's just move on but you know
1: well, it's interesting, too, because Allison talks in the episode about talking to the medical examiner who at least had done the autopsy. And that medical examiner said the ways that his shins were broken were not conducive to this kind of fall and that there was a thought yeah. that she she basically was like she couldn't sign off that it was a suicide because it there was stuff that was like didn't kind of correlate. And so which is interesting, too, because you think about, you know, <laughs> the mob or the mafia uh, talking sure. about breaking somebody's knees or breaking somebody's shins. It does seem yeah. interesting to me that he had that kind of an injury when it also feels like he sure. was embroiled in some sort of scandal with some shady folk.
0: Well, here, here's the other thing about his legs. Only one was broken.
1: Oh, interesting. Like
0: I have gone through, I read the multiple pages Of the autopsy report. Again, I'm so sorry. And the only, like, there were so many fractures, but only one leg was broken. So you would think if he was going to, like, jump and land on his feet to the point of breaking, he would break both of them.
1: You would think that. And also, it should be noted that they showed some, some, the distances that he would have had to jump from either the top of the hotel, the 11th floor, I think, was the other, the ledge and or the garage there's like these three possible places he could have quote jumped from but he would have had to jump out so far that even for an athlete it feels like implausible right uh
0: yeah I mean there's also um in the book she talked to a retired forensic guy I love that I forgot what he was called physicist let's call sure and he said in order for the body to land like that he would have had to take a running jump and so okay, he's athletic, so let's say he could do this big powerful run. Sure. Dude was in flip flops. Yeah. And one of the flip flops was torn. And one of the edges of a flip flop was like almost like dragged. Right. I I could barely run I can barely run anyway. <laughs> oh, you but and like, both. I, I could barely like what I could do in shoes versus what I could do in flip flops quickly. You know? Like I just feel like flip flops are not the the footwear of choice to run.
1: No. And also, and again, listen, I'm I'm talking out of my ass here, so nobody get upset with me, please. But I don't know. Is it common that a suicide would be somebody taking a, like, very powerful athletic run and leap? Like, I feel like, and again, I, I have no idea. I can't back this up because I don't know the facts. But it, that just seems, again, even more implausible to me. Like, to me, if you're going to kill yourself... And you're going to jump like maybe you might have to like get up the the nerve, but it just feels like it would have to have been such a like long jump athletic move. That just doesn't seem to that just again, I just think all signs point to this was not a suicide.
0: Well, it's also just like if he was going to do it and like run and jump off and assuming he chose the building because it was a very tall building. Why not choose another building that's taller? Why that specific building? Like, it was just such a weird choice to choose that building.
1: And also, there was no footage of him in the building in the hotel that night. None of the the cameras showed him anywhere in the building. And the rooftop camera conveniently wasn't working that night.
0: Let's talk about that for a second. Let's get into it. So, I went through the police report. Because, yeah, I did autopsy, police report, FBI report, a trajectory report, which was incredibly dull. But that's not the point. <laughs> I'm not a maths person, so I just looked at it and went, just just, oh, literally have a page that goes, doesn't make sense. That's all you need. Right, right. In the police report, police said that the Belvedere management, while attempting to retrieve possible data concerning surveillance video footage, some was erased. What? So they're saying it wasn't it's not that it was disconnected. It was fucking erased. They took the hard drive to an to analyze it, but they said that the footage goes from like the day before and skips a day and the next day. Like the day the night that Ray would have was potentially in and around there anywhere near the rooftop, they said that footage is just gone. Wow. So I find that interesting. I also yeah don't believe he did jump because also if if somebody was to delete that footage and why would you delete it if it was a suicide like the body's there right people are going to make that assumption you're not going to save the hotel embarrassment or whatever by being like here's video footage we saw it happen it's like no you take footage away if it's incriminating to you right Also, one thing about the woman, which I have to double check my notes and I know that there are multiple women in this story, so I can't just get away with saying the woman. The one who wrote the book, she made a very interesting point that I'm desperately trying to quickly find that I felt was very strange because she said, um, she was talking about the building and how first you need a key card. right to get in the elevator you need a key card to make the key card will only get you to the 10th floor you need a concierge to come unlock it to get higher than that most of the doors to get to the roof are like hard to find they're like staff only or no entry but then she turns around and is like Sometimes that stuff's just unlocked. It's fine. It he could probably get access if he really really wanted. But the thing that kind of really caught me off guard is she said that up above um when the guys came to see when the the, the friends, these coworkers who found his body or who found the hole, they didn't actually see the body. Right. She said when they looked up, so then she saw them like looking around and looking up. So she goes out when they're gone to go and see what they saw. And when she looked up, there was a chair on the roof that was like dangling, slightly like hanging off in a weird way from like one of its legs. She then later on is like, I just determined that the, the chair was meant nothing because she's like, sometimes there's a, there's a bar on the 13th floor called the 13th floor in the hotel. And she said, sometimes the bartenders of that oh." place will go to the roof to go and smoke and she assumed that the chair was one of theirs that they'd knocked over and i'm like or if you've ever seen a movie maybe (laughs) he was in the chair and they like pushed him or they like somebody tried to threaten him or just tried to scare him and ended up like he backed up and the chair went and he went over and then they just like tried to hide the body Right. Like there is somebody online who I'm going to shout out. I don't know this person, but I loved their theory. Oh, great. So this person on Reddit, uh, their name is Quartz Lizard. I don't know who you are, but I like how you think. So they, because I don't know, they pointed out that there aren't cameras in and around the room where Ray was found. So they're thinking, what if somebody got into the room before he died, used some sort of tools to create the hole in the roof. Maybe the hole was already partially started because it was a room they didn't ever use from like water damage, whatever. Maybe the hole had started and they came in, they took this roof, made the hole, go up to the top floor, or whatever, kill him in some way, shove his body off and then go back in the room Go through the hole yourself and, like, pull him down to make it look like that's where he landed. I still can't get past the fact that everybody's like, oh, well, he was, he came down off that building so fast, he just went right through that ceiling. And it's like, okay. Eh, like, that seems weird to me.
1: It seems that, weird to me, too.
0: Like, it just, it, the, also the whole placement is crazy Because it's just not anywhere near... (laughs) Anywhere close to where you would jump. Right. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: But my question is also because... And I don't know if you have any insight into this, but in the episode they talk about the hole being completely clean. And I'm like, is that plausible? Like if somebody went through a roof, if a body went through a roof, wouldn't there be skin or blood or hair or something? I thought the same thing. And from...
0: I have only found one person online who asked about that, too. And I was like, yes, that's what I want to know. Yeah, Like, there should be, uh, like, him, which is the nicest way I can think to put it, around all of that, like, metal that he just tore through. Yeah. And there should also be, like, in, like, all of the cuts on his body, there should be, like, debris from this roof that he just went through right and the person online was just like is this a thing why is nobody talking about this and somebody else is like as far as I can figure because he was there for so many days any evidence they would have found would have been like nothing and wouldn't have like DNA by that point right if you're left out in the elements would have had wouldn't have helped but I just can't believe that there wasn't like like, some sort of, like, metal shavings or something from yeah. the roof. Plaster, like, in his, like, you Embedded. know, like, yeah, there was nothing
1: it mentioned. It definitely feels to me like either there's police officers who are in on this, who are erasing potential, you know, surveillance video footage or whatever, or it feels like there is a hotel employee that's in on this, like yeah. it feels like there has to be some other level because also the the detective who was working the case, who definitely felt that there was something not right, the, the the gentleman in the episode, yeah, he was eventually transferred from this case. And I'm like, doesn't it seem also convenient that it was like he wouldn't give up and he was really trying to, you know, get people yeah. to talk to him who were lawyering up and then he conveniently like gets a promotion and gets removed? Like that just feels like
0: They, uh, he was told that they felt that he was getting too close to the victim and the victim's widow and that he was taking it too personally. So they reassigned him. But it's like, Hmm. he's the only one working the case who was like, this, this guy did not kill himself. Right. But also if we can like jump back for one second, because I want to make sure that this gets said because I made a map. I was
1: going to ask about if there was a map.
0: Um, so I am I find it super sketchy about how the body was found. Right. Police report shows these two guys, Mark Whistler, Stephen King, which not the writer. They work for Oxford Club, which is the place that Ray was freelancing for. Right. So they are headed out for lunch around noon. They see this other guy, George Rayburn, who works for Stansbury which is a company that Steven used to work for. And he's also a friend of Steven's. They see this George. George says he's looking for evidence of Ray. And they are like, you know what? We're on a lunch break from work. Bah, let's join you. Which feels weird to me. I mean, yes, obviously if somebody I knew was missing, I would go help. But it's just weird. Like, I assume by this point they knew he was missing. Right. But to like, be like, you know what? I'm actually on a time crunch I'll go now. Like that feels yeah, weird. Yeah, that's weird. The other thing I find crazy is so I'm I'm just fascinated by the fact that they even came near this guy at all. I did I did make a map. I'll, I'll I'll put it online. Thank you. We've got where the building where they worked. Right. This way up here is where they found George. They said they walked came across him at this intersection. All of these green dots are all the possible restaurants they could have eaten at. And so it's like, why would they go way... Like, they had to go at least to this point, if not further. Like, where were they going? They right. passed all of these other options to go somewhere way up there? Like, it just feels out of their way. It does
1: feel out of their way. It does feel like quite to a To go distance. there. And
0: so I just always found it really, really sketchy that these friends were like, oh, yeah, we just... Happened upon him and we're like, yeah, we're going to go with you. Why don't we check out that crazy car garage over there?
1: See what's happening. Let's go to the roof and look around. It does Who feel like a that? leap. Like, there was nothing that had led anybody to the Belvedere at that point, right? Now, how far was... Because where was the car found in relation to the Belvedere? Because the car had already been found at that point, right?
0: Yes. yes. The car was found, like, there was, like, a street between them. Like, it was the closest parking lot you could get to the Belvedere. Oh, okay. Which is crazy because it's also, why was the car there? Right. Because people think that he left the house in such a hurry to do something possibly for work. But at the same time, he wasn't working at Stansbury, which is very close to where this car parking lot was. Right. He was working down where those other guys were, again... There's a map. (laughs) Uh,
1: I knew there would be. So he,
0: so Ray's working in our uh, red square here. Yeah. All of the blue spots that I've got are all of the parking lots he could have parked in to go to work. Which are very close. The the car is found way up here. Oh. This is the Belvedere and this is Stansbury Research. Yes, I ran out of room on the page, so I had to physically draw it in. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's like the I mean the parking lot is right there from the Belvedere but there's also a parking garage like right here but they didn't go to that one they specifically went to the one where he was found but if he's gonna go here he's not parking way up here right. to go to work right so he it would seems... have parked in any of these spots so he you park in that parking lot if you want to go to either the Stansbury Research Building or the Belvedere right that's so it that's feels like that it had to be one of those two places that he went to.
1: It still feels like a leap to me that even though they knew the car was found there that they would be like searching specifically overlooking the Belvedere. Like I don't know that just feels like so odd to me. I don't know if somebody went missing I'd be like let's go look, get on top of parking structures to look down on roofs. Like, that, yeah. it like doesn't that feel odd?
0: It's so weird to be like he's not anywhere. You know what? Let's check a roof. Like it just yeah. feels like a such a random
1: choice and it should be noted too because I don't know if we really stressed this when we talked about it before but the phone call that Claudia allegedly overheard um he got this phone call at 530 the night that he went missing where he said oh shit and then he left so the idea was oh, he got called into work to do something, but what you've just shown us on that map is that if he was going to work, which was the Oxford Club at the time, it makes yeah. absolutely no sense that he would have parked where he was. It feels like the only place that makes sense that he would have been going would have been Stansbury, because again, yes. we know that also he had made a phone call to Porter a couple of days before he went missing, correct? Right, And on that yes. phone call, he said to him, I finally figured it out. There was a There was a voicemail. right Right.
0: yeah him and Allison Ray and Allison were leaving church because they were very religious they were leaving church he made a phone call when they were getting home this was all based on what Allison said and he said I finally figured it out and then it was like call me back and Allison had no idea who he called Porter later admitted it was him who received the voicemail but he claims he has no idea what Ray was talking about but again, I mean, right. Porter is just not cooperative. He talked with police, but then he refused to answer any questions relating to Ray. Hmm. I mean, that's weird. The phone call that came in, the show uh, said that the phone call came specifically from Stansbury Research and that it was somebody from that building. While well, more inf- looking into it further, it right. didn't specifically say it came from Stansbury, It came from Agora, which was the parent company because it goes through a main switchboard. So it could have been Stansbury. It could have been the Oxford Club where he worked, which is why people were thinking maybe he, it was a work call. Right. It could have been any of those com- subsidiaries. It probably was Stansbury <laughs> because, I mean, what else could it have been to right. get him to go to that specific parking lot? Porter claims it could not have been anybody. From Stansbury, because all of the employees who knew Ray were all on the East Coast at some place called St. Michael's at a company retreat, which I find so fucking convenient. Yeah. That the day that Ray goes missing, suddenly all these people who knew him are, you know, away at a retreat. That's wild.
1: That feels completely like a, a, a built up alibi. Yeah. And
0: when, now, when he says, like, East Coast, my brain is like, they took a plane, they were hours away, they weren't. It According to Google Maps, it's an hour 25 drive. Like, it's about, like, 80 miles away from Baltimore, where they went to this place. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, so Porter could probably drive there, be at this retreat, and then take some time out and drive back. But it's like, well, he's not real; like, he's kind of a dick. So he's probably not just going to drive and he's going to want to go quicker. So then I was like, I wonder if you could get a helicopter there. So I looked into helicopter companies of in did. the Baltimore area. Of course you did. And I'm going to, I'm going to give a shout out. No, they're not going to hear this, but I just, <laughs> I want to, I want to do the advertising for them. If you're in the Baltimore area and you have any helicopter needs whatsoever, check out Charm City Helicopters. Quick customer service, just pleasant overall. Just, uh, if you're going up in the air, give them a check. I wish I'd, I wish I'd (laughs) rehearsed that. Uh, The point is they were lovely and I feel bad because they truly believe that I was a possible customer. Cause I literally, I, I found this company and I emailed them and I was just like, quick question. How long does it take to f- fly from? Because I mean, it's close enough. There's no flights. Right. You can't get an actual plane. Right. So I'm like, how, how, what's the time frame to go from Baltimore to this place? And they were like, oh, yeah, 30 minutes. Whoa. Also, I'm not suggesting he got this company to uh, ferry him back and forth. I was just looking for an approximate time because Porter, it's already been said, not here but like in things about porter that he has access to a private helicopter when ray got married in puerto rico R- porter arrived on a fucking
1: private helicopter of course he did of course he did and so it's like so he has access so just so, to clarify because this yes. is i think this is extremely important and this is nothing that the episode really talked about the call that ray got to leave the house at 5 30 the night that he left It came from somewhere in the Agora family of subsidiary companies. It was, we were thinking, it could have been the Oxford Club where he was freelancing for at the time or Stansbury. What you're saying is, Ray has said it can't have been anybody. Sorry, not Ray. Porter is saying it can't have been anybody at Stansbury because we were all at this corporate retreat on the East Coast. But what you're telling me is they could have all gone on this retreat Porter could have helicoptered back in a half an hour made that phone call and then got back at a dodge I mean round trip an hour that's nothing he could have easily oh. been in and out of this quote retreat right he, he,
0: he was having a nap he went to have a shower right and change he went to go deal with some business calls in his room they don't know like he could have easily come back and made calls to lure him out of the house or whatever I'm not I don't think that Porter actually, like, physically harmed Ray. Right. Because Porter is the type... I love that I say that as though I know him. But <laughs> Porter Porter feels like he's the type that just won't get his hands dirty and he's going to pay right. other people. And fine, do what you will. But uh, I just... To be like, oh, well, we couldn't have done it. We were way on the East Coast. Well, they weren't that far away. Right. And the fact that a helicopter company... That's uh, Charm City Helicopters. <laughs> uh, again, if I could bring them just one business, I feel. Listen, somebody listening know, might
1: be in the need of a for a helicopter I've, in the Baltimore uh, area.
0: Maybe they they even gave me like price points. They asked if I'd like a tour of the island. Like they they were really really beautiful, and I'm a chicken shit who won't respond and be like, I just wanted to know for a podcast. <laughs> I just want... uh, You guys were just my research. That was also my moment of maybe I need another email address because I just went with my own... You do... so maybe I need one for research purposes. Well, Alley Cat keeps uh, him
1: out on the prowl. That's a callback oh, to last week for people who were listening. God. So also, I just want to add: it's interesting that that Ray had been hired to video one of these other kind of corporate. I don't know if it was a corporate retreat or some sort of corporate meeting, but he wasn't some sort at, of conference. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't at this quote other one. So that's also interesting that it's like he was discluded, not that he was working for them at the time, but again. And also, it's interesting to me that he called Porter on May 14th, left this voicemail saying, I finally figured it out, and then that night was the night that the alarm went off at their house for the first time, at Ray and Allison's house. And then the next night, it went off. And then on the 16th, the day that he went missing, you were telling me that also after he had gone missing, the alarm went off again. Yeah. When it was just, a Claudia reported, uh, the, the, the quote, House guest, when that yeah, it went off again, thank you. it just feels like there he is mixed up in something. It feels like there's something else going on. This isn't just, a, you know, a, an open and shut, black and white situation. It feels like Ray had gotten caught up in something. Lord knows if we'll ever know, but I would be remiss if we didn't get into talking about the note that Ray left because this is a huge part of this yeah. case. And listen, we're running out of time as we always do because we could talk about these things literally forever. And we do. But he left a note. There was a tiny little, teeny little folded up piece of paper that was taped to his computer that Allison ended up finding. And it was a very tiny printout of this kind of, I don't even know what you'd call it, like some sort of, I guess, letter is the only way to put it. But in which there was a lot of very kind of mysterious things, things that didn't make sense, things that seemed a little off. For me, the thing that stuck out was he listed a list of movies that really impacted him and when on the episode they kind of like panned by very high on the list was the movie the family man which i believe is the movie starring nicholas cage and i was like the fact that that would be in like your top three as the movie the movies that most impacted your life seemed odd to me have you seen it <laughs> <laughs> not since the theater i don't think
0: i well first of all i love that commitment thank of you so much it at the theater here's the thing it is christmas related I watch right, it every
1: year. Right, Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it the greatest thing I've ever seen? No. Is it like peak cage? No. Is it? Is it a lot of things? No. It has Jeremy Piven. And before Jeremy Piven full proved what an ass he is, I was slightly smitten. Sure. And, uh
1: She's really I... understanding this. She had a huge crush.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I'm downplaying it now because, I mean... What asshole gives DVDs of his own show as a tip to waiters? Like yeah. that's there's just so many things. So partially for him, I watched it every year, but there was just something about it that I find endearing, and it's just like I. It's almost like he picked that movie because he'd never heard of Sliding Doors.
1: Oh, well, you know, because that's oh. the whole
0: the, you know the whole premise of like what would your life have been? Because I interesting. think interesting. I think his note was, like, some sort of... God, I I don't know. It's, it, it is kind of, and I don't mean to use this term, but it's the only term I can think of off the top of my head, slightly crazy. Like, right. there's a lot of weird stuff going on, but there's, like, a lot of stuff that specifically references Scientology. There's a lot of stuff that references Freemasons. And according to Ray, he said to somebody... That uh, he believed the Church of Scientology ran the West Coast film industry and that the Freemasons ran the East Coast film industry. So it feels like he was just being like, hey, anybody that's interested in, you know, like, look at this creative letter that I've made. Anybody that's like thinking I could write something. Look at this cool movie idea I have whether you're Scientology or Freemason, I'm into it. Let's do this right. and get it made. It just seemed like he was trying to find an in through like Freemasons because I mean the day he went missing, he apparently went to a free like to a um lodge to talk to the somebody at the Freemasons about like joining up and I mean we could talk forever about I did a lot of research into the Freemasons and, like, it takes so much to get in. and I was just so going to many... say,
1: I don't think you can just sign up.
0: No, you have to, like, you petition a local lodge saying that you want to come in. Then the lodge has to vote. And then you have to go through three degrees is what they call it. And the here's here's a fun fact. Please. Learning experience for everybody listening. Yes. Uh, it was a learning experience for me. The uh, there's three degrees that you go through. Um, the final stage, uh, it's a to becoming a full-fledged mason. Uh, the ceremony involves like intense questioning, and that's where the expression "giving someone the third degree" comes from. Oh wow! So interesting. You learn something. Thank you. You know, I do what I can. But I mean, he read. He was reading a Freemason book. Right. The weekend before he went missing, the day he went missing, he bought the book Freemason for Dummies, which is so endearing because that is so something I would do. Like, I'm interested <laughs> in something. I should get the for dummies version. Like, if there's a lawyer for dummies, I need that because I just need brief you do.
1: law. You just I just do. need
0: just brief law experience. It's tough to say if the note was him, like, going cr- crazy or not, or was he having some sort of psychotic break or Something I'm not a hundred percent sure.
1: Or was he just cryptically trying to give clues to something, which unfortunately he was too cryptic about?
0: Well, I like there's stuff in there. Like he mentions houses in several different like countries. Like he says Thailand and Argentina and all of these things. Well, there are Agora company. like Agora has places in all of those countries. The guy who owns and started Agora has houses in some of those countries. Like every everything he mentioned seems to have a purpose. Right. We just don't know what that purpose is. And I truly think it was like a he found something out about this company. I think maybe when he was filming stuff, he maybe caught something on camera. Right and was like there's something weird, I'm going to look into it, and then he figured it out and he told Porter and Porter is like fuck, we can't have him know. It it has to be something big enough that he would be like a liability. Right. to have. But I mean, also another thing, I watched a news report yeah from like decade ago about this and it said that the family states that Ray's computer was left on, because he left in such a hurry, and on his computer was a document open that talked about greed. Interesting. So, to me, that immediately comes back to, like, these investment guys who are well known for, like, fucking over investors. They've defrauded people. People are like, this is just a scam. They're all after money. Right. And they're buying, like, million-dollar houses and all of this shit so it just feels like there's gotta be something that he figured out that he wasn't supposed to right and maybe who knows maybe they threatened his wife or something maybe they were like by the way if you don't come here like we're we got we have your wife and he was like oh shit and quickly left right Thinking he was gonna like who knows what It he left in a hurry so somebody lured him out and i think Porter had something to do with lowering him out, right. but again, I have also stated negative things about Porter because I just don't seem to like him, and I know you're supposed to be neutral when you like. <laughs> sure, <laughs> when when you uh, investigate things, but I can't help myself. He's racist. Oh, uh, he's homophobic. Oh dear. He's uh, like he's a lot of things. He commented on uh, a podcast somebody had him on I'm not sure why but he was he thinks it's quote fucking bullshit that you can't use the n-word or I'm just gonna say it because I don't even want to say the word or the f-word obviously not the f-word I use all the time I'm talking the derogatory gay Thank you. Connotation. Yes, he thinks it's bullshit. He's not the least bit bigoted, so he should be able to use this word. Oh my he God. knew he knew quote an Asian kid in high school that all the kids called him N-word and he thought it was hysterical and they just called him N-word, you know, he calls him that to this day and he thinks it's so funny and he doesn't understand why people get so upset when he makes comments like what's what's up with the black people? In Baltimore. Oh. He's like no. all the black he's like everybody that knows that I'm talking about every single person who tries to rob you or steal your car or is drunk in a corner, they're all black people. I'm just speaking the truth. And it's like, oh, he's just an asshole. Oh god.
1: Really he is what terrible. it comes down to.
0: Oh, absolutely. And he's like, I I should be able to use the F word. I have gay friends, all of this kind of stuff. It's like, well, no, that doesn't really mean that you can say that. No. And then he was like you know what, let's have a conversation about the weird world that is homosexual pro-athletes. And it's like, where is that conversation going? It's weird. Like, the fact that he even thinks, like, can't just think of pro-athletes as, like, an over-encompassing group. Like, he has to think of them whether they're straight or not. Again, this guy is just a full asshole. And, I mean, Ray goes missing, and he's like, I'll do what I can to help. And then Ray's found, and he's like, I'm out
1: I know. It just like, feels that's like. That's also weird. Right? Well, you were also telling me before that he didn't attend Ray's memorial or funeral. He hasn't talked to yeah. Allison, of course, Ray's widow, since June of that year. I mean, yeah. not that any of this proves guilt, but it sure. certainly paints a picture of somebody who is unfeeling, feels like he doesn't, you know, have the same kind of moral center that a lot of people do and I think that that's definitely important to note also there was something you had shared with me too that apparently he claimed that Allison had said something to him about Ray's mental state but she now says that she never said that she doesn't recall having that conversation with him so it really feels like Porter is trying to paint a picture that that kind of continues this suicide narrative which I think we've just I think anybody who's watched any yeah. of this or listened to any of this knows that it's like it, this just was not a suicide it just is not it, nothing yeah. adds up to that
0: i mean i get the note has a certain level of like slight psychosis to it sure um they sent it to the fbi to have them look at it right now there there's a brief moment in the show where they show a picture of the envelope that they sent to the fbi And on the outside of the envelope, it says contains various papers and a check. Because with the note, there was a second copy of the note, but it was like there was extra stuff added in. And then there was also a blank check from a company Ray had just started, which was a new production company.
1: That he started himself. Yes. Interesting. That he had
0: started just like, I think within months of him disappearing oh and like the check they didn't show the check on the show they did show the check on the uh news report that i watched on youtube from the grainy report from like 2010 i love it and uh you can see clearly in the corner it's got the name of his company and it says ray rivera underneath it what was the name of the company uh ceiba ceiba productions apparently it's like a a Puerto Rican tree oh or okay. something like that or something to do with trees or something or
1: right I don't really know interesting but, yeah so they didn't okay so there was also a blank check that's interesting right yeah wow well listen there's so much more to talk about very quickly I want to hit on one thing and then we're going to get to our theories and we're going to get out uh but there was off Allison talked about how Ray was deathly afraid of heights but you found yeah. something that proved that that was maybe not the, the case
0: I found somebody else did the dirty work on this. I sure. don't know who that person is. I would uh you know, obviously shout them out if I could. Maybe possibly they work for Charm City Helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> it's my it's my new doctor Charm Mitchell. City,
1: if you're listening, send us a hat,
0: will you? Oh my god. And I'm so sorry about the email. You were so lovely and so quick to respond. I love that I feel as though I've done something terrible. You've I've done something done done... Wrong. wrong. I I I took five seconds of their time. And that makes me feel guilty. So somebody online found a copy of a newspaper from, from the high school where Ray and Porter went. And so there's a picture. They've also circled it for us in advance. This is Ray sitting on this roof. But I mean, yeah, he's on a roof, but at the same time, if they're all standing there, that means the roof isn't that high. Right. So maybe his fear of heights is like extreme heights.
1: But I don't, maybe. or maybe
0: it's something that's grown over
1: time. It's also just interesting that he was at that height and then he, you know, he was. There's a photograph of him at a height and then he died potentially from a height. That just feels like it's, yeah. it's eerie for sure. And of course, as always, I feel worth noting. Now before we go, I want to say my final theory, and I'm going to say this, and I I love where i'm gonna start and i think you're gonna love where i'm going to start i recently we what claudia we what wa- <laughs> no believe it or not no i was about to say we watched oh my gosh the the white claws did flow uh tonight no i recently re-watched weekend at bernie's hear me oh. out hear me out nice so yeah i also yeah. met jonathan silverman recently and i'm not trying to name drop but i literally oh. was like i was at a it, this was earlier this year before COVID where we could go to parties and I made someone introduce me to him because I was like, I am such a because fan you of Weekend have to. at Bernie's. I, I watched Weekend to. at Bernie's so many times when I was a kid. Anyway, but but it actually made me think of Ray Rivera and I'll tell you why. He, so the two main characters in Weekend at Bernie's, they, they're these low level, you know, workers at this company and they find this insurance fraud has gone on in the company and they oh take it God. to Bernie, their boss, and he's like, great job. And then Bernie, of course, hires hit men to kill them because they've figured out that Bernie was doing something illegal. They just, they knew something was illegal was going on, but they didn't know who did it. And it oh was Bernie God. who was doing it. Anyway, long story short, then the hit men are like, no, we're going to kill Bernie instead. It's a whole other thing. But it did make me think, is that what's going on again? Two days before he went missing, he left Ray or he Ray left Porter this message saying, I finally figured it out. Is it that he figured out there was something going on in the company that was illegal or wrong or whatever and then the truth was that Porter was involved within it and then Porter was like oh shit I have to stop Ray because he has the potential to have this thing come crumbling down on me that's my final theory again I know it's vague because there's so much about this case that's so mysterious but that's what I think what about you?
0: first of all I hate that I did not come up with a theory that references an 80s movie um also when it came to Weekend at Bernie's, I was Andrew McCarthy all the way.
1: Oh, see, this I is why been, this works. We always pick I the know.
0: other. We always do. I was, I've been obsessed with Andrew McCarthy. I mean, he, of course, is mannequin. Of and course. that is my, like, one of my most favorite things in the world. Oh, God, just thinking of his face. So, my thought. So, everybody, the police, obviously, were, like, suicide the medical examiner was like, nah, undetermined. Everybody that is associated with Agora, which is like Porter, and the guy who is the head of Agora, who's Bill Bonner, they all... And then there's a friend who I haven't mentioned, but he's an asshat too, named Brad. They all are just like pushing the narrative that it was a, a suicide. Because, I mean, everybody is like... Like, Porter is like, uh, oh, the reason I've never commented about Ray's death publicly, first and foremost is because I never thought there was any mystery about why or how he died. That's all there is about why or how he died. Nothing but a mystery. Yeah. So it's like, how could you fucking say there's no mystery? It's like, there's nothing but mystery. And then uh, we were all sad and shocked by the fact that Ray killed himself. But once we saw all the facts and his financial pressures, it wasn't much of a mystery. Well, let me tell you this. Financially he had a chunk of debt. Yes, I will say that. $70,000 of the debt that he had. He apparently had about 90,000 debt. 70,000 of that was supposed to be paid back to him by this company, the Ox- Oxford Club. Fuck Oxford I Club, love that. Yeah. Thank you. It was supposed to be paid back after he returned this project he was working on for them and all the expenses he had incurred getting this video, they were going to pay him back for all of this. So there's no way he would have been like, oh my God, I'm this far in debt. I'm going to kill myself and make my wife have to deal with it. Because spoiler alert, she did have to deal with it. The company never did anything to help her. They never did anything. She said it took her like a decade, but she paid it all off. But she had to pay all of that money back, even though it's insane. Like, how would they not have been like, let's help her out. We make thousands of dollars, like millions of dollars. Well, there's a reason these
1: people have been reported to the Better Business Bureau. Clearly this is the way that they work.
0: Yeah. Right. And so I just feel like saying like financial pressures wasn't a big deal. Yeah, He's just, Ray had just started his own production company. He called days before he went uh, missing. I believe it could have been the day of, but I think it was days before to book an editing suite to do work on this project for the weekend after he went missing. So like he had plans of things he was going to do. He was working on this. I truly don't believe he would have left his wife with this massive amount of debt. And plus, once he finished the video, then he was going to get the $70,000. So like it was going to decrease the debt significantly. And there are thoughts online that maybe his oh shit and going was him finding out like getting called to work and finding out that there was something wrong with footage that he needed and that maybe if this video didn't work out then he'd have to pay back this money and it's like okay I'll see that let's say that's a pro that's let's say that happens again I don't think he's gonna leave his be like I'm just gonna leave her to deal with it and move on with my life no of course not. like and plus she seemed to have a decent paying job because he started this company And took out like $15,000 on her credit card to get equipment for this company. So it's like, if she's got that good of credit, I'm sure she makes a decent living. So I don't feel like his financial situation was as bad as it says. But everybody in that fucking company is like, oh, it's so sad. He had a personal problem. He was distraught, whatever. But the only people saying that are the people associated with this company. Wow. I think he found something out about them. I don't know what it is, but he figured it out and it was going to cause a lot of problems for them, possibly like who knows if it was like jail time sure. or maybe losing their company entirely, losing money. Rich dudes like that and I have no experience whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just I'm just so already like rolling down the hill, I can't stop myself. Rich dudes that are like throw money at problems and are just like fucking assholes and just like I'm just better than everybody. I'm going to live this life, whatever. They will stop at nothing to keep their money. Like they're not like if there's a threat to their totally. financials, they're going to do whatever it takes. And you can't tell me that that bastard who has already proven multiple times he is not a nice person. You can't tell me he's not going to be involved in some way to be like you he it could have been as simple as the only thing he did was i'll make a call i'll get back i'll make a call so that it doesn't show on my personal line right it'll be it'll be it was through the switchboard they won't know it was me i'll make the call and that's why he was like as soon as as soon as the body was found it was like nope we're gonna put a gag order on everybody nobody can talk because he doesn't want every single person to admit it wasn't them to narrow down to prove, right. oh, it was actually Porter. I think Porter called, lured him out somehow. I don't know what he did. Maybe it was as simple as, "I hey, you, got, you figured this out. Guess what? I found more information about it. Let's meet up and talk. And he was like, oh shit, yeah. Let's right. go and we'll take them down. Um, people are also like, if he knew something, why did he choose that moment to take him out? Ray and his wife were planning on leaving town. They were going to move across the country. He's more of a threat when you can't actually get to him. Plus, at the same time, there was this convenient company retreat where all of the people are suddenly giving him this alibi. So I feel like it was the perfect time. The wife was out of town. Right. Maybe they didn't know Claudia was there. Maybe Claudia was part of it. I don't know. We
1: just don't. We don't know. We don't
0: know about Claudia. I wanted to look into her more, but somebody online had been like, "This is this is her last name," but then they took it off because they were worried about people. Um, I mean, people get weird about contacting other people, you know, like helicopter companies.
1: (laughs) 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 To be fair, that's a public place. Exactly, you did nothing wrong. Now listen, and they were
0: so friendly at Charm City
1: Helicopters. Charm City Helicopters. if you I'll need to get there we'll take you in the air listen Charm City oh. if you're looking for some marketing advice we've got some also uh, anyway yeah. listen we've got to wrap this up but bottom line yeah. is you agree with me Porter equals Bernie 100%. this guy had something to do with it yes I hope that he gets brought to justice because he obviously has something to do with this Christy Oxborough yeah. researcher extraordinaire you're the uh, best nobody's better thank you for your work thank you for uh, thank
0: you for the outlet listen this is it's a, a, is a blast if I may it's it, a blast
1: you may and I, Thank Lauren you. Ash agree. It is a blast. And I agree that all of you are also a blast for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of true crime and cocktails, unsolved mysteries edition. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a theory about this or any of the other unsolved mysteries cases, email us theories at true We're going to read our favorite fan theories in an upcoming episode. So if you want a chance at getting one of yours included, make sure to send it to us. Also, why not give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at True Crime and Cocktails and on Twitter at Not Detectives. And listen, I know this is going to sound like a cliche, but if you like the show, give us a nice rating, leave a nice comment. I know it may not feel like it makes that big a difference, but it actually really does, and we could not appreciate your support more. Thank you so very much for going on this journey with us. We hope you're excited about next week's True Crime Slumber Party when we discuss Berkshire's UFO.